Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. This is ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. Our first guest is a research associate with the Georgia Tech Research Institute and an instructor. He teaches the OSHA 511 Occupational Safety and Health Standards for general industry and OSHA cranes and for construction and OSHA hazardous materials and assists in a number of other courses. He is a premier certificate in occupational safety and health from Georgia Tech and more than 25 years experience as a national professional qualification certification hazardous material technician. Please welcome Dana Atkinson. Dana, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. So, Dana, you know what, all week, oh, I should say all month long, we've been talking about trying to really keep everybody safe, and the numbers mm-hmm. just keep getting worse. I mean, what really is going on? I mean, you know, what are these challenges we're having with trying to keep our workers safe at the job site? Well, let me, let me start that off with a model. Uh, um, if you do an investment in, or, or an investment in business, say you invest in production, you're through, uh, your uh, deliverables throughput. Uh, you deliver, you invest in marketing, your throughput would be hits or buzz. Uh, when you invest in safety, your deliverable is what? Uh, well, nothing happened, boss. Well, nothing happened three weeks ago. Uh, what are you telling me about? Where is my ROI on investment into safety? Um, it's really kind of the holy grail of safety is this value proposition. How do we demonstrate uh, the investment into safety is actually bearing fruit or has a, a, a tangible ROI? Um, tools that we use now to address that, uh, and if you're familiar with Six Sigma, uh, lean, lean process, uh, total quality sure. management. Sounds familiar? Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Um, that paradigm uh, is uh, the exact same thing in regards to uh, how it's set up in regards to safe work practices. They just use different terminology. But in essence, it's basically all the um, uh, Edward Deming things we do, plan, do, check, act. Um, and to be used for production in regards to efficiency can also be used in production in regards to implementing uh, safe work practices. Um, in using that, using the lean safe and the totally quality management model and turning it into what we refer to as lean and safe, um, we can address uh, the reasons or at least address the reasons why uh, people start having a focus on safety. Usually there's only three reasons. Uh, it's an economic reason. You've got issues with uh, insurance costs, workers' comp issues, uh, it could be a regulatory issue. You want to keep OSHA off your back. Uh, OSHA showed up, has come off the mountain time to uh, terrorize all the people in the village, uh, and you want to be able to stay away from the citations and the penalties. Or there's a humanitarian issue, and the humanitarian issue is you have a cultural shift or a change. Um, somebody had to make that phone call. Somebody had to tell somebody that their loved one is not coming home uh, after a day of work. Uh, any of these three, or these three are usually the driving forces in regards to when safety comes into play in the work environment, and that's one of our greater challenges in the safety industry. So should we go back to the old Japanese way, kanbans and teaching, like you just said, Six Sigma, lean manufacturing, mm-hmm. you know, that we would do mm-hmm. that? Is that the way we could really teach them how we need to do this whole idea of being really safe, that holy grail? Because now you just described three ways, economic, regulatory, humanitarian. Mm -hmm. We want everyone coming home safe. We don't want anyone to have to say, well, one of your loved ones not coming home. Is that what you're describing in that way you just you kind of summarize it all? Well, that's a model that we use, the way we get it across, because the rationalization is what is safe. 
and the idea of, of safe is relatively subjective. And then how do I implement it? Well, the, the Six Sigma model is a tool uh, um, in, in dealing with a, an efficient process or dealing with a safer process. Uh, they're just basically, it's a model that we can use to kind of change some of the definitions and same some of the terms. I guess in Six Sigma or Lean, they're talking about efficiency. Uh, in safety, we would talk about risk profile. Uh, the uh, severity of an exposure and the frequency of said exposure and how we can mitigate that. Uh, we're dealing with hazards and recognizing, evaluating, controlling hazards that we find in the uh, safety realm is similar to Six Sigma when we start talking about waste and inefficiencies and other things like that. So then in, in taking that even a step further, do you need somebody at the top? Like when you talk about Six Sigma that really made that successful, you know, maybe I'm wrong, and correct me if I'm wrong here, there, there was a leader like a Jack Welch who championed it Absolutely. within corporations Absolutely. from top down. Is that what you need here? You have to have a champion at the top that says, look, you and he mandated it, and everybody had black belts, mm-hmm. and they, they understood what they had to do. Is that what you need here so that people understood this isn't going to be taken lightly? You're going to understand mm-hmm. it, and you're going to believe in it, and you're, it's going to be a cause. Absolutely, absolutely, and and, and the, where that motivation comes is it a motivation the, for the champion to come through and and uh, establish that this is important and, and understand people's currency and what's important to them, and make the realization or at least uh, imply that this is uh, important to them and they're going to champion it. Is it an economic issue? Is it a regulatory issue? Is it a humanitarian issue? Absolutely, uh, one of the things that people in the safety world find is a difficulty that they do not have a champion. They don't have somebody that's going to push uh, and hold things people accountable for not only production but also safe work practices. So then do you have to have each level, like you just described, that crane safety expert, every one of those along the way that then says, this is what I am. So like what you were mm-hmm. saying is Six Sigma. So there's that crane expert. Each level has one of those mm-hmm. We say black belt, but there's one expert along mm. the way. Is is that what we would be describing here in construction? How would you describe it? Well, in that specific aspect, we're talking about crane. We're start talking about uh, uh, accountability and communication. Um, uh, in the construction world, when you bring a tool into into, into the work environment, a crane or, or whatever it is, or whatever the sub or uh, a vendor you bring in is, um, who's in charge? And that's the biggest part with the, with the problem with construction is uh, the GC to the, the contractor to the sub to the second tier sub to the third tier sub. That process of knowledge transfer um, becomes difficult to uh, manage, basically. You know, uh, so. Um, Accountability and communication is a big issue when you start talking about specific uh, tasks and uh, on the work in the construction work environment. Do we have a little bit because you talk about knowledge transfer? That's a really great point because we have these seasoned professionals and then we have these younger millennials coming in, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of knowledge mm-hmm. transfer that we're struggling with mm-hmm. today. Is mm-hmm. there is that also part of the challenge we're dealing with? It's not only just the idea of having this this safety, but we're now dealing with this transfer of experience that we also mm-hmm. have to deal with now, this this gap that's occurring in the industry. Mm-hmm. Is that part well, of our bigger know, how problem? Does, um, how does somebody become a safety professional? How does somebody become an experienced safety professional? There's two ways. There's the really expensive way of our learning out there in the field, learning from your mistakes, and then there's the training aspect, and that's one of the things we do here at Georgia Tech. Uh, we do training, we do consultation, free consultation for small businesses within the state of Georgia to help people come in compliance with OSHA. And then we have a training course, uh, a training 
uh, catalog that we have where we talk about OSHA courses and other courses we've created here at Georgia Tech that address gaps in the industry, things that we found that haven't been fully fleshed out or taught or addressed to the way that they need to be addressed uh, in, in depth. Um, these programs, we put these together. We uh, People will come in and take courses and create them with certificates. Um, and on top of that, being that that's just training, we've also drifted into the, the academic realm where we've created this uh, professional master's in occupational safety and health program uh, that we're starting uh, this uh, this August, and we're really excited about that. So we're trying to develop those young millennials and all those young uh, uh, industry people into, uh, as quickly as possible, uh, uh, trained safety professionals with experience, knowledge, and competency. Is that hard to do, though? I mean, there's something to be said for really learning things on the job. It's almost like you can't master that. I know that's what you call a professional master's program. What you really do on the job, that feel, that touch, that experience, that you know how to react instantly by doing it for so long in construction. You just know how to react versus saying, I'm going to be able to do it because I took it in a class. There's just an experience that you get, that know-how. True, true, true. Um, th- that's why some of the things that we do here in the academic environment are not only purely academic, desk, books, so forth and so on, but they are hands-on. Uh, our fall protection class, our um, confined space class, our um, trenching and excavation class, our machine guarding class, all, all involve uh, field trips and all involve a hands-on application of the standards. I mean, you can sit there and read the standards in the book all day long, but without the context and the understanding of how these are actually applied, they're less valuable. When you combine the two things together, uh, the hands-on plus the the academic background, you start building that uh, that bookcase, building that experience. Uh, that uh, that's crucial. There's a lot of things happening in the construction industry, and it's changing. There's a lot of standards, and a lot of mm-hmm. things that you're doing is trying to help the industry prepare for all of these. Are you able? I mean, that's why these courses make are so valuable because even though somebody's been in the industry for a long time keeping up and that's why refresher and these courses are so valuable right even for the seasoned professional absolutely absolutely uh, the way uh, i structure the classes that i teach i try and make them into a discussion because every time that i teach the class i learn something from somebody else there in the room there's a lot of knowledge there's a lot of dynamic things going on a lot of changing the crane standards uh silica standard the beryllium standard all of these things that osha is addressing uh temporary work temporary worker issues youth worker issues um, the uh, work environment uh, people are always trying to be innovative uh, so the work environment is always going to be changing uh, in a dynamic manner and and do do a lot of construction companies realize just how dramatically the regs are changing and how quickly they're changing with all the new technology and things coming into place? Well, the good ones are. <laughs> uh, the, one, the good ones are, are aware of that fact. Uh, the ones that lag uh, are the ones that are going to be. Uh, uh, it's going to be detrimental to them. Uh, the, the, it's uh, in certain places. Uh, you know, the, the construction industry is, 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 is very insular. I mean, everybody knows who they are. There's only so many resources. So um, to be proactive in regards to safety and standards compliance uh, benefits uh, um, your uh, the perception and brand of your company. So that, 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 that plays a big part in it. Dana, where can they go to learn more information about where your courses are right now? Um, in, uh, OSHA info at uh, is one of the websites you can go to, uh, and uh, Georgia Tech Professional Education is another website you can go to where they talk about our uh, catalog offerings and our professional master's in occupational safety and health program. Dana, thank you so much for being with us. All right, listeners, we're out of time. 
Stick around. We've got more to come right here at ConExpo-ConAg Radio. We'll be right back. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the coaches training program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Hi, this is Rob Barnett, CM founder of VinVillage.com and the Wine and Dine Show on VinVillage Radio. Do you have a wine, event, product, or service to promote? Then contact VinVillage.com to reach thousands of wine lovers across the country. Vin Village connects like-minded wine enthusiasts with unique and exclusive wines, events, products, and services. To learn more, contact us on VinVillage.com. Vin Village is where wine lovers connect. Identity theft costs over $20 billion a year. When was the last time you changed all of your passwords? Don't be a victim. The nonprofit securing our eCity Foundation is here to support you. They serve individuals, families, seniors, businesses, and nonprofits throughout San Diego, helping to make a safer cyber experience for all. For more information, visit securingourecity.org or call 619-630-2444. You were born to do one amazing thing, but most people spend a lifetime trying to identify what it is. If you're at a job you don't like or are unemployed, if you're in a state of transition or just can't shake that nagging feeling that you were meant and made to do something extraordinary, the Reinvention Workshop is exactly what you need. Led by award-winning self-help author Steve Ulcher, the Reinvention Workshop will forever change your life. The Reinvention Workshop takes you step-by-step through Steve's proven formula that has helped so many get on the right path and be clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step for realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting TheReinventionWorkshop.com today. No more delays, no more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to TheReinventionWorkshop.com. That's TheReinventionWorkshop.com. 